Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. All right, it is a Motown Misery Monday in the nation's capital and beyond. Right here, Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Giants come in, trample, kick, curb stomp, everything. The Washington Commanders, 31-19. For a second time this year, sweep them for the 35th time in their franchise rivalry history. I don't know if it's a... Rivalry anymore. I know the Cowboys and Washington Commanders, not a rivalry. This game means zero on Thanksgiving. I'm tempted, seriously, not even to watch it. I don't have to work on Friday. I don't want to ruin my Thanksgiving. It was already going to be ruined. I don't want to ruin my Thanksgiving. If there's one benefit, at least with the tryptophan, it's going to be easier to watch. And you will take a nap. Oh, you won't have to pay as much. You won't be able to pay as much attention. You'll just go to sleep and we'll lose and you'll wake up and we still lost. That's a good point. Let's uh, say hello to somebody who has none of these problems because he a Raven fan. What up, Birdie? How are you, pal? Greetings from Baltimore, Chris. Is there such a thing? <laughs> I'm just it teasing. Is. It is. It's it. How, how was your weekend, Chris? How it was, was your Sunday? It was, I mean, it was wonderful, Bernie. I mean, you know this. It was wonderful. So, <laughs> I mean, despite so, having to be at FedEx Field, it was wonderful. So, hear me out. I'm going to spoo some venom with the with the fans of the Commanders. Now, I'm an outsider looking in. Right, I have no dog in this fight. Right, you're like Scott but, Hall and Kevin Nash when they came down to WCW, right? Right, right. Hey, the outsiders, you know. Yeah, that's right. So, look, I knew something was wrong with this culture of this team, as far as Ron Rivera, because if you remember when he first got in here, he said he was going to change the culture of the team. He has done nothing. The culture of the team has remained the same for 30 years, and that is losing. I hate to say that, but that's what it is. I'll say the same thing about my Orioles. That was the culture. You have to wash that out of your mouth. And I knew in the second preseason game this year, when the commanders, the players, thought they won the Super Bowl for beating the Ravens with, a, with their backup and third-string squad while I was watching on NBC4, it was hilarious to me. I'm like, this is crazy. They didn't do nothing. And then for all the hope, for all the hype 
of Sam Howe. He got beat by a third-string quarterback who still lives with his mother. Come on. Come on. And, 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 and you expect fans to pay for this? Where the hell was Josh Harris at, Chris? Where is he at? I said two months ago on this show, and when my orders were still in the playoffs, so I knew it would have been some time, that Riverboat Ron needs to take his boat and go down the Potomac. And they haven't done it. They haven't done it. And, you know, Del Rio is not the answer. Kevin Yamano is not the answer. I mean, Eric Yamano is not the answer. I don't know who is the answer. Do you, do you bring in Harbaugh from Michigan? He probably wants to get the hell out of there. Do you bring him in? He he, he apparently wants to go to Chicago. Uh, apparently, he wants to go to Chicago, which is where he was. You know, he played in the NFL. Apparently, uh, we will see about that. I don't know where you go from here because they've tried. Right when they brought in Jay Gruden, they tried the young offensive coordinator, non-head coach mind before. And Jay, by and large, after a rough start, did a pretty good job. I I know it didn't ultimately work out in the end. Not all of that was his fault. But the bottom line is, is I don't know where they go to solve this, but they don't have the foresight that your organization has. See, I, I make fun of you with the Ravens. I don't agree with everything that they do or whatever. But from Ozzie Newsom to Eric DaCosta to hiring a special teams coordinator, a very good one, in John Harbaugh to just everything that uh, – and not everything, a lot of the things that they've done – they have foresight, creativity, and ingenuity. The commanders have absolutely none. They are a reactionary-based organization. You, your organization, is a visionary. You're like Seth freaking Rollins, okay? We started this with a wrestling term. You are a visionary. Your franchise is visionary. This is reactionary. That's what ultimately the difference is, I think. Well, I, I honestly think, Chris, that you guys could get Harbaugh, and i tell you why. His brother's up the street, um, so to speak, 30 miles away. It would make it easy commute for the parents to kind of split off and see the kids. I think, with the, you know, you guys could potentially get Harbaugh um, just because Maybe. of that factor. Maybe. I mean, you know, listen, so. who knows if it would work? I, I mean, be willing to give it a try. I mean, it he plays. It can't get worse, Chris. It can't get worse. I know. I know. Thank you, pal. Happy Thanksgiving, worse. brother, so, uh, to you and the fam. I appreciate you. you I'll too. be in touch. Uh, that's my guy, the Birdman. Yeah, the Commanders were 3-0 and in the preseason, beating the Cleveland Browns game that I was at, uh, a game that uh, I was also at, beating the Ravens uh, 29-28, and a game I wasn't at because uh, I was with my mom funeral in Florida, uh, 21-19. 3-0 against the AFC North. Now, the Bengals obviously have not turned out to be what the what we all thought the Bengals would be. And the Browns, you know, I mean, who knows? They won yesterday, but we'll see what happens with the quarterback. But the Ravens are everything but and a bag of chips, and they beat them by one point. Yay! 3-0. Again, there's one thing that Ron Rivera has majored in during his tenure here in Washington – like, he told the media on Friday it was changing the culture and finding a quarterback. And some of that is true. Some part of that is true. Because I don't know if he's actually found the quarterback. And he's changed the culture in a lot of ways, making it more professional and a safer place to work, safer place to work and what have you. But he hasn't changed the losing culture.
He hasn't changed the dysfunctional football culture. Okay? But one thing for sure he has done, Ron, he has mastered the art of winning games that do not matter. I think they've won six straight playoff uh, preseason games, including the three this year. They beat the they beat the tar off the Giants in the final game of the regular season in 2021. Instead of going to six and eleven, they were they were like beating their chest because they were seven and ten, and they won last year against the Dallas Cowboys, which hurt them. As I said, year both years hurt them. Nothing was on the line. Nobody. Ron has done one thing great. Undeniably, he has mastered the art of winning every unimportant game that you can possibly throw at him. He has. It's it's an undeniable fact. It's an undeniable fact. Thanks to the Birdman for reminding me of that. Uh, Let's get to John in Oklahoma. What's up, John? How are you? Oh, hey. Miserable Monday. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Something like that. Just call in and remind us how long we've been wandering in the wilderness. They were 36 years and name change, and they moved out to another city before they won a Super Bowl. So, you know, we've been 30 years, but we ain't been 36 years. So That's just true. a little tidbit from him. That's true. You know, but uh, I've got two questions for you. Um, how, what do you think uh, our chances are winning in Dallas Thursday? Uh, not very good. Slim and none. Very good. I mean, listen, I mean, it's a division rivalry game. Anything can happen. I mean, if Dak Prescott goes out and 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 uh, and throws, you know, three interceptions, sure, they could win. Yeah. But what evidence is there, A, that, that Dak is going to do that and Dallas high-powered offense right now? And then, B, what mm-hmm. evidence is there that the commanders, the commanders don't win if they don't force turnovers? Because they can't stop anybody consistent or reliably enough, whether it be from big plays, the explosives, third downs. I mean, it's something different every game. Pedestrian backs getting 64-yard touchdowns. I mean, the only chance they have to win is if they force not a turnover, multiple, i.e. minimum of three. That's really the only chance they have to win a game. So that's the only chance that okay. they have. In my opinion, on Thursday, not very good. No, okay, no, coach, not very good. Okay, I got one more question for you. Do you think it'll be closer than two years ago, forty-nine to twelve? We we were down what forty, forty-five for everybody. Oh, that well, that wasn't on Thanksgiving. That was the night after Christmas. You mean right? That uh, in in twenty twenty-one. Yeah, I I mean, sure. Yes. I, I mean, I, I think there. they'll probably lose, you know, 35-21, somewhere in that range uh, it, it would be my guess. I mean, I haven't thought a lot about how I see that game plan out. Here's what I know. Dallas is way better. They're at home, and they should kick this Swiss cheese defense's ass. That being said, well, we've all seen football games not turn out the way we think. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Uh, let's squeeze in one more here before the break, and let's get Dominic in Tampa on the Odyssey app. Dominic, how are you? Dom? Good, mo- oh, good morning, guys. How are you doing? How are you, man? Uh, well, I mean, I live in Florida, so that's you know the best thing I could say with the sunny weather. There but you go. That, very depressed. You woke up and it was, what, 80 and sunny today, right? Uh, every day, almost. There you go. I mean, listen, I, it's not for me, but there's something beautiful about living in the Tampa area and waking up to that picturesque type weather. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, even if you have a bad football team, it takes the sting out of it. But the bottom line is, is around here, uh, while it was a very sunny morning, it was a little chill in the air, and it wasn't just chilly inside command land uh, in Ashburn, I'll tell you that much. I'm sure it was pretty chilly when, they, when, when the boys clocked in this morning on a short week. Uh, absolutely. I mean, Chris, I'm, honestly, you cannot get any lower than, than, than this, it, truthfully. Th- this is the lowest of the lows, in my opinion. And I've been a fan. I'm, I, I was born in 1990, so... You know, I never got to witness, you know, that, that Super Bowl against, you know, Buffalo. I mean, I, I watch it now, now and then on reruns and stuff just to kind of relive, you know, what, you know, my father growing up went through when he was younger, going to RFK and whatnot. But, you know, this is – this just shows you how truly far off this franchise really is and where and where it's going to be. You know, even, even into the offseason, you know, the, they bring in a new coach and whatnot – they're still going to be ways and years away, in my opinion, because all the teams in front of them who have gotten good in the short amount of years are going to get are going to continue to get good. And those like the Philadelphia's and, and all those teams who have been good for the last three years are still going to get continue. So we're nowhere near it. And, you know, everybody says we got to fire Ron. You got to fire uh, Jack Aria. You know. You got to add EB into that equation. I'm sorry, I, I I don't I don't buy it that he he should be the next head coach because he hasn't he hasn't shown anything either. Yeah, he's a pro he he is a product of the players. And truthfully, that's why he did. That's why you know it was the way it was in Kansas City because he had him at home. It's the same thing with Belichick, Tampa, uh, Tom. Tom Brady go. Well, I, I mean, you you hear me say that all the time, right? I, I mean, the players are way more important than the coaching. I'll never back down from that. But to your point, right? Like everybody wants to crown EB. Now, yesterday's a bad. I mean, obviously a horrendous, horrendous day for the offense. There's no if ands or buts about that. But can we just let him do his job better before we immediately start adding more to the plate? Like, can we just let him do better before that? I, I mean, so I'm with you. I'm with you, but if that means more Ron, you know, then fans don't want that. That's the problem because that means more Ron and more Jack. They want Ron and Jack out, period, and that logically leaves EB because there really is nobody else that anybody could kind of think of that would be warranted, you know? so Correct, and I I understand that. I I truly do, but again, it's – you. You see it all the time. You know, new coaches yep. come in, young coaches. Yep. You know, it's it's Washington. It's you know, there's there's just some black cloud over this franchise that I don't think is ever going to go away. Yep. Maybe it does, you know, in ten, fifteen years. But we're just a, we're a sinking ship that that's near the very bottom of the uh, of the ocean. And I don't see it happening. I hope it doesn't take coach. that long. I appreciate you, Dom. I understand the patient, uh, the frustration, and the anger. I, I understand it totally. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. All right, time to take a quick break. We are running a bit late. Jay Gruden coming up in about 15 minutes. Stay tuned for that. More of your calls on the way on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, doesn't this seem like an anthem on most Mondays? What becomes of a broken heart? I, I mean, if you have a heart that's still beating anymore. I mean, again, people have called in and said, you know, I woke up. I think it was Dominic in Tampa Bay. Just called. Woke up numb. Or no, maybe it was uh, maybe it was somebody else. I'm confusing calls now. But you get the point. I mean, a lot of us wake up numb on Mondays. I'm numb on game days because I can't believe how utterly inefficient how disastrous, how wasteful this team is. I mean, think about this. You got nine sacks. Nine sacks. You wasted nine sacks. It means nothing. It means nothing because you got fried by a dude whose mommy takes care of his underwear. I got to be honest. I, I used to watch every single game. Regardless, this season, because it's we're playing in the one o'clock slate every single week, we get done with the game around four o'clock, and I know there's more games to watch and more stuff. I, I just have no interest. I'm drained. I actually have more interest in the rest of the NFL. I don't want to watch other teams. Year. I don't want to watch other teams I know. actually put it together because that means it's capable of being done, and I, we're just incapable. Of I'm it. more exhausted from watching this horse manure. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm actually buoyed by like what Sean Payton and Denver is doing. E- even though I can't even though Russell Wilson drives me crazy, you know, and, and I'm happy for a couple of guys like, you know, that I know from their coaching staff. I'm I, I'm I'm like legitimately lifted by seeing what Kevin O'Connor even though he's another one that got away, was let allowed to walk away, Kevin O'Connell, when yep. Ron got here. I, I'm happy for, you know, all of my guys that I worked with you know, here, uh, varying levels of success, but obviously the most successful being Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I'm happy for a guy like Bobby Slowick Jr. I didn't even know that well, but I knew his dad. And I knew Bobby a little bit doing great in Houston. Going to be a hot name on the coaching market. So, you know, I- I'm I'm always like more... Not built to celebrate. I- I'm more... I look forward more to watching how it's supposed to be done. And that's not all on coaching. Let, let me repeat. Again, a lot of the anger is directed towards Ron and Jack and whatever. Again, I've, I, I will not change from this. A lot of this, most of it, is player error and non-execution. Whether it's because of coaching or not, that's the debatable portion. 301-230-0980. Let's get to Chris in Maryland. I think he's been on hold the longest. Chris, thanks for being patient. How are you? 
I'm great. Thanks, Chris, for having me. Yeah. Number one, uh, you know who's calling plays for Kevin O'Connell up in uh, Minnesota? Uh, Wes Phillips, another guy that got away. Well, exactly, and he might be available. I'm just saying. That's a that's um, that's a good that's a good little nugget there. I I you know what? I didn't think of my guy Wes. I just saw him last year, and um, yeah, I mean, uh, we had a nice little uh, nice little chat. Me, John Kime, and Wes Phillips. Uh, Wes was here for a number of years, and listen, I don't I don't know if he's a name that would in, in like excite anybody. As a matter of fact, probably not, but. You know who his daddy was, right? His daddy could coach and never got the credit that he probably deserved uh, as well. And he's been around that coaching tree for years. Yes, sir. I'm just saying. Anyway, so i got to disagree with you. When you have a team that can't even run a quarterback sneak, that's coaching. I'm sorry. It's all coaching. I can't blame the players. If you can't run a basic quarterback sneak, you are – not paying attention to any detail whatsoever. I know Jamin Davis has been beat on the wheel route 10 times. Guess what? You give half of your listener base five minutes with Jamin Davis Davis to focus on defending the wheel mm. route, and he won't get beat deep anymore. It's just attention to detail. It's coaching, coaching, coaching. But, but let, me, let, let me just at least bounce this off bad. of you. While I understand your frustration and your points by saying that, what if they are – telling him, hey, man, this is exactly what you have to do, what you have to do, what you have to do, what you have to do. And then he goes out there and every time, every game gets beat one time by, a, you know, maybe an athlete that is just slightly better on that particular rep. I mean, is that coaching or is that the player just not being able to overcome whatever shortcoming he has? It, it's coaching. I, I coach little kids. There's one kid. I tell him where to go. I can tell him 10 times he won't do it until I make him do it every single time and i stop everything around them and make it happen you have to make it happen can you do that can you do that in the nfl though when you have like all these draconian rules from the nfl pa i don't know if you can i mean you can stop practice and 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 have jamin davis defend a wheel route 10 times i I mean i'm I'm not arguing with you i'm just kind of playing devil's advocate uh here i I I mean i can't imagine go ahead it's, it's not happening, and I know this because the entire team is doing this. Charles Leno knows how to block a tackle and stunt, but he's not blocking it. Like, everybody on the team is making these bad mistakes. It is all about the coaching. I, I think they don't have any positional coaches of value, and the whole team is just failing. I wouldn't disagree that this is not – I mean, listen, I've I've said this, even though I've defended coaches in general, this is not an all-star staff. We all know that, right? Uh, and, and maybe the best guy got away uh, in, uh, in um, uh, Chris um, – uh, uh, what the hell was his name? Uh, the Harris. second – yeah, Chris Harris. Uh, you know, and and I do like I, I think Randy Jordan's a really good running backs coach, but even you know, the running backs make a ton of mistakes. You know, now the, the, generally they're better than the other groups. I, I mean, I just uh, again, I, I understand your point. I, I mean, I guess we can belabor this issue for forever and ever. Chris, I appreciate the phone call. I got to let you run. Um, I, I understand the overall point that, like, if Jamin Davis can't defend a wheel route, you keep making him rep it, making him rep it, making. But you, one thing you can't do is put Saquon Barkley out there or Bijan Robinson out there. You can't do that in practice. You can't stop a practice that the NFLPA only gives you an hour and 45 minutes to do and one time a week in pads, if that, under the ridiculous rules that they have, 
You can't do everything that you want to do. And we don't know how these guys are being instructed, what they're being taught, what they're being shown on film. We don't know. I mean, I'll ask Jay some of this stuff because he knows because he was there and his players sometimes would perform terrifically and sometimes would perform like bird brains. How frustrating that is to teach and teach and teach and show and show. And then on game day, it all falls apart. We'll do that. We'll take more of your calls after that. Hang tight. Good to have you with us right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Let's do a trending alert right here, right now. All right, the Commanders have opened up the practice window for linebacker Cody Barton. Not sure if he's going to have enough time to get back for Thanksgiving Day in Dallas. Meanwhile, Ben Standing first to report F.A. Obata, who got carted off uh, early in yesterday's disastrous loss to the Giants, uh, underwent surgery to address multiple lower leg fractures uh, in yesterday's game. And he is obviously out for the long term. Monday night football tonight. You want to see good football? You want to see two good teams? You got it! Super Bowl rematch. The Eagles and the Chiefs from Arrowhead, 730-1067. The fan, uh, the Jets are making a quarterback switch going from Zach Wilson ugh, to Tim Boyle. Good luck. And Giannis and the Bucks at Capital One tonight, right here on the Team 980 against the fast-sinking Wizard. 645 the pregame right after Craig Hoffman. And that's what's trending. Oh, yeah, baby. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide if you're the commanders. Nope. Instead, you're going to be served up like an oversized turducken to the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. Whew. That ought to be fun. Joining us right now, on air and on the road, Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group. Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax, your F-150 headquarters, Ted Britt Chevrolet and Sterling. All home to Ted Britt for life, lifetime vehicle coverage, and more. See and shop them all at tedbritt.com. Is the former head coach of the Washington Redskins, longtime NFL offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and just all-around great comedian on Twitter slash X. It is Jake Rudin on the BetQL guest hotline. Hello, Jay. How are you? Good afternoon, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well, Jay. I got to admit, you made me laugh yesterday afternoon in a sea of misery at FedEx Field, which is always a fun experience. There, Jay Gruden was cracking jokes about Black Monday. I liked it. I liked it. I I, I got a good laugh out of it. It made my day. Well, thanks. I'm glad I could make your day for you. I know. I know. That's very important. Uh, <laughs> um, so, there were... Yeah, you know, I'd like to say that there were a lot of days like this when you when you were the head coach here, but you know, like like there were some. I'm not saying that there weren't, but it didn't feel like it didn't feel like there was these kind of days. And now there are three already this season, one on top of another, the two Giants losses and the Chicago loss. Which of the three, I guess, as you kind of rewind and maybe look through uh, you know, your mind and memory was worse. Was yesterday is worse than the other two? I think yesterday was worse. The Bears was bad too because it was Thursday. It was a it was a night game and a great crowd, great energy in the building, and, and just got blown out from start to finish. But this one here was pretty bad because you're mathematically not out of the playoff hunt. 
I mean, you see that the, the Vikings are the number seven seed, and they're six and five. And you get a win against the Giants at home against a team that just gave up 600 yards to the Cowboys. Uh, you're right back in the thick of things, and and to get basically blown out by the Giants, who's played poorly as anybody in football, is pretty bad. Yeah. Before we get to the defense, and we will. You know, you mentioned the Giants gave up all those yards to the Cowboys, who are next, of course, on a short week, and you've been a part of those games. Um, the, the Commanders, you know, Jay, they did move the football. They ran it really well. A buck seventy-five. The enemy, I think, was finally committed to the run, and I know that drives everybody crazy, whatever. But, I mean, they were committed to the run. They were successful running it. They racked up over 400 yards, and yet every chance they pretty much could get from the start, and ultimately, in the last possession, they threw up all over themselves. Yeah, I mean, you can't turn the ball over. I mean, three turnovers, three three interceptions, a fumbled kickoff, and then another fumble by Rodriguez uh, on a dive play up the middle. That's five turnovers. And you know, the one thing you can't do against a team that's struggling like the Giants is give them hope. And they gave them hope way too many times in that game and kept them alive. And sure enough, Saquon Barkley and, and those guys made enough plays to beat them. So that's the that's the worst thing you can do against a team that's struggling is just is give them hope and give them reason they can beat you. Yeah, uh, actually, it's uh, uh, six turnovers, right? They had the three uh, the three interceptions and then the three lost fumbles. Uh, Logan Thomas on the second series, Pringle yeah. you mentioned, and then Rodriguez. Uh, and and really, they could have had another one. I mean, Howell on a third down intended for Terry. I want to say third series of the game, maybe fourth series of the game, through one. I don't know what the hell he was uh, looking at. Um, so, our, I mean, obviously we'll start there. Just Is that a bad day at the office, and that's how you chalk that up if you're the coach and you're watching the film, or is there some, was there something that you identified with your expertise that said, oh, man, we, you know, this is why we turned the ball over. This is why we were so inefficient. Because I can't think of one, again, if you were like – if your offensive line was dreadful like it had been so often early in the year, Jay, well, maybe you chalk it up to that. I can't think of one thing that made me go, oh, this is the reason why they were so bad in terms of protecting the football. Yeah, well, the first pick was bad. It was a force. It was first and 10, and Sam took a shot down the, you know, on the post route, and the guy made a heck of a play, but still, that's not a throw you want to make on mm-hmm. first and 10, and the game's close like that. You know, on the second pick, you know, I just think Sam was trying to press a little bit too much. And on the other side of it, I think they were giving Sam too much to do when he was struggling a little bit. I think they needed to go back to more controlled passing game, get some screens out there, get him back into a rhythm. He never really got back into that rhythm. They did a nice touchdown touchdown drive, but he just looked flustered the whole game and didn't look sure of himself and was forcing balls into coverage. And uh, when that happens, you got to really – pulling the reins and try to get them back on track somehow, and they never did. Can you get into a rhythm when you have so many possessions and series short-circuited like they did, or or, or is that... Yeah, I mean, that's the other part of it, too. The two fumbles didn't help, yeah. and the opening kickoff yeah. uh, in the second half fumble didn't help at all, either. Just, uh, they were on the sideline a lot, and, and you know, they, they played decent defense. They just gave up too many big plays, but again, you know, in a game like that, you'd like something to trigger you. Uh, a play on special teams, an interception, a forced fumble, something to get your team back into the groove. And, and they just never could get anything going. Well, I really thought it was going to be the touchdown late in the first half there when Howell got bounced around like a ping pong ball. Uh, you know, be, uh, be, I mean, just I, – and I and then he goes into the tent and the fracas on the sideline. Yet – he scores the touchdown. I, I don't know. I never saw a conclusive video angle that said he made it across, but whatever. I thought that was going to be what spurred it, 
And quite honestly, Jay, they were only down by 14-9, but immediately they missed the extra point. So you're down now by five. And it's not a big deal in the ultimate end of it. But, I I mean, it was almost like you got a shot of momentum. Then you're worried about your quarterback, whether he's going to make it. And then the the field goal kicker misses an extra point. And it's like even when you get a shot of of electricity, it immediately gets short-circuited. Yeah, that seemed like that happened the entire game. They did cut it to 14-12. They got a field goal, too, yeah. cut it to two. And then they gave up a couple big plays, uh, similar type play um, for big plays. And, you know, you can't have blown coverages like that against a team like that. you got to be sound in what you're doing. And, unfortunately, the Giants took advantage yeah. of a couple coverage mess-ups. Kendall Fuller didn't travel with uh, Slayton on the first touchdown. And, um you know, it's just unfortunate. Well, and that leads us into obviously that you're talking about the 40 yard touchdown. Uh, obviously, the Slayton, which happens before that, uh, it right. looked like the linebacker, or maybe it was Curl, uh, was kind of shifting over from the right side of the defense to the left side of the defense. And then you're correct, Kendall was lined up on the left side of the defense. Did and I don't remember if he got picked or obstructed or whatever happened, but I mean obviously it was a coverage bust. We know that. Is that because they're playing more man defense, Jay? Which you've pointed out, of course, over the last couple of weeks. Is that just miscommunication? What do you put a finger at if you had to guess as to what the root of the problem was? Yeah, that was a play action pass, and and Slayton ran a shallow cross to start, and, and and I think Kendall was taking runs, so he's slow to react. And we did realize it was a play-action pass. He got picked. He ran into, I think, the safety or the, the, or the other right. receiver. Right. And then Slayton was just wide ass, open, wide open. So, oh, you uh, can say ass. We we yeah. we allow yeah. bad Kendall words was on, just on the show. Slow to react initially. <laughs> I think if Kendall would have gone right away with Slayton instead of watching peeking in the back. He right. played with bad eyes. When you play man to man, you gotta you gotta stay on your guy. Mm-hmm. That's your guy. That's your job. And, and unfortunately, Kendall. Uh, had a little brain cramp to start to play. Yeah, I and mean, that's happened a couple of times this year, even though he's played reasonably well. Uh, how do you justify, again, the defense? Nine sacks, no takeaways. You just described the, the major blunder, but there were other uh, things. Jamin Davis gets beat for a wheel route every game, Jay, and got beat like a drum bite. You know, granted, Saquon Barkley, but then Barkley had the second touchdown uh, on, on the little uh, you know drag route, crossing route right at the five-yard line there. Looked like he beat Cam Curl. I mean, how do you... Like, it, it's impossible to figure out how a defense can can flash like it does. Uh, and they didn't allow a net rushing yard until the last play of the third quarter. Again, nine sacks, and yet be so bad. And I know they didn't give up the true 31 points, but they gave up, you know, 20-plus points and had so many brain farts. They have 24 points to a team with a third-string quarterback. Yeah. It can't happen at yeah. home. It can't happen. I mean, and three of them were – uh, just pitching catches, uh, you know, you or I could have made those throws. The wheel route, I mean, he's pretty much wide open, and the flat route to uh, to Saquon, he's wide open, and the pass to Slayton, he's wide open, mm-hmm. and, the, and the pass to the tight end on the backfield is wide open. So those are four major blunders that you just can't have happen when you're playing against a team with their third string quarterback. You got to make it very hard for the third string quarterback, not very easy. Well, they would say they did though, right, with the nine sacks and yeah, taking away the sacks, run. Sure, but. Still, four big right. plays like that are right. four too many against yeah. a team that's reeling like that. You gotta, 
you can't have those type of plays where guys are just wide ass open. I mean, it just can't happen. When you have the explosive play problem that they have had all year, quite honestly, uh, uh, here's the numbers. Uh, League-high 88 explosive plays. This is through Nikki Javala. 16-plus yards in passing, 12-plus yards in runs. Those are considered explosive plays. League-high six. Uh, – I'm sorry, league-high 88 and 65 of them coming via the pass, okay? And, and on those 65 pa- explosive pass plays, they average 26.9. When you have that, what in the world do you do as a defense to try and fix that? I mean, is it just as simple as firing somebody or benching people? Or is there something structurally, you know, playing more conservative, playing deeper, play more too deep shell? Is there something you can do to minimize some of that? Well, the issue is it's been something different all the time. You know, sometimes it's missed tackling or poor angles. Sometimes it's poor coverage. Sometimes it's blown coverage. So, you know, it's not usually just one guy. Early in the year, it was Forbes. And then yeah. this week, it was Fuller. It was St. Juice one week. It was, uh, you know, so it's somebody every week. Um, sometimes it's a big run, a run fit gets screwed up. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, if you could pinpoint it on one guy, that'd be great. The change would already be made, but obviously it's multiple guys and multiple coverages and multiple reasons. Um, so I don't, uh, so you didn't draft Cam Curl, so you didn't work with him, but you know, he's widely been considered one of the so-called gems, if you will, of the Ron Rivera era. But his dad is pretty chatty on Twitter. Uh, and I wanted to ask you this. He's a, apparently a high school coach. Uh, and and I think he was talking about, of course, the, the second Saquon touchdown, which we kind of touched on. He said, when you call man in the red zone and a five-man front on the run, you put players in a position not to succeed. Just my opinion, I'm not an NFL coach. Does what he's saying match up with what you saw and 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 in terms of like what you know what you've coached around and against and and with and for does that make sense or is that just a dad trying to defend his kid no i don't think he was in i don't think he's wrong at all he's in a bad position to cover saquon going to the flat on the other side of the ball usually when that happens you have a little combo deal with jamon davis and cam curl if, if he leaks out to the flat then jamon should take him and cam should free up uh, but Cam tried to chase them all the way across. There's three guys running shallow crosses for picks, and he got picked and couldn't get over there. So there has to be a communication issue where if, if he leaves and goes to the other side of the formation, then the other linebacker has to take him, and that would be Jamin Davis, and that didn't happen. Jamin tried to track him late, too. They both tried to track him, but they were both too late. Jay Gruden with us as he is each and every Monday afternoon. Excellent analysis, breaking down the latest Commander's Disaster 31-19. Before uh, we spin around to the rest of the NFL, Jay, uh, again, you you were a part of, uh, what, two, two th- uh, three Thanksgiving Day games in a row, two in Dallas, one at home. Um, I, I know short weeks are a thing and they're common, and I know they suck, and I know they're hard on everybody, but did Thanksgiving in Dallas make it any harder because of the three-hour road trip, because of some of the pageantry? Was it any different than your typical Thursday night game? No, about the same. You never like to travel on a Thursday game because it is more difficult, but it's all the same. Uh, the good thing is if you can get away there with the win, then you got the whole weekend to get better and recover for, you know, I think they have a bye week after Dallas too, so they'll have a long long rest which would be good uh, no the commanders but, actually have miami next sunday which is great i mean oh. i mean I, you know miami should only come in here and put up about 83 points yeah that'll be a tough one that'll be yeah. a tough matchup <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean thursday games are hard no matter how you do it especially on the road and then especially when you're talking about a team like dallas that yeah. has all the 
weapons that they have and the, and the defense that they have with the pass rush of Micah Parsons running all over the place. So that's the most difficult thing is trying to figure out how to pick up all the blitzes that they run. Dan Quinn does a good job with some of his double A's, some of the different things he does blitz wise, but you know, it's just tough when you play a really good team like that with yeah. a lot of multiplicity on both sides of the ball. No doubt about it. Dallas blew out Carolina. Go figure. 33-10. Um, it seemed like Dak Prescott, I mean, he got off to a really kind of shaky start, but he has really hit his stride here. And it's not like they're getting great production in the run game. He's just doing a pretty good job of spreading the ball out. I think there was, uh, I don't know, like nine different receivers, and they all had like between you know 20 and 45 yards yesterday. Like they couldn't pinpoint anyone. Um, from what I saw against Carolina. Now, maybe it's because it's Carolina, but is Dak a, a way better quarterback than he was early in the year or just playing better right now? No, he's playing better. He's, I mean, so that means he's way better. Yes. Yeah. He's not turning the ball over. He's taking what the defense is giving him. Sometimes you read too many articles, you get the ball to CeeDee Lamb, he's a star, but you got to get the ball to the open guy and, and take what the defense gives you. And that's what he's doing great right now. He's managing the game like a pro quarterback should. CeeDee Lamb's still going to get his targets, but he's not forcing the issue. And he's also using his legs a lot more. He's escaping with his legs and, and buying time and, and letting his players get open down the field even longer. So, yeah, he's, he's playing at a high, as high a level as any quarterback in the league right now. Jay Gruden with us on the BetQL guest hotline. Um, how about uh, Bobby Slowick Jr. and uh, Houston and D'Amico Ryans and what they've done? Now, you were on this team early on. I think week, uh, I want to say week three, week four, you kept telling us in this spot, watch out for Houston. They've got, you know, they've got this, they've got that. And obviously, C.J. Stroud has come in and put himself, never mind in the Rookie of the Year competition, he's put himself in the MVP consideration. Yeah, he's a stud. And they, they have a pretty good offensive line. They got uh, pretty good weapons around them. Tank Dell's playing good. They got Nico Collins back. Robert Woods, if he comes back, tight end's pretty good. They got from Dallas, uh, the running Dalton back, Schultz, Bill Terry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they're they're pretty darn good. And and CJ's a stud. And, and you just love the way he talks and the way he uh, addresses the media. I mean, he threw three picks and it didn't even phase him. He just came out still slinging the ball and making plays and right. did enough to win that game. So when you have a leader like that and a guy can rip it like that and escape pressure and you have weapons around them, they're pretty good. And then you have a defensive-minded head coach like D'Amico who sticks that unit on that side of the ball. Uh, they're they're playing really good, and they're playing with a lot of confidence. I think they play the Jags next week. That'll be a heck of a game. Yeah. Now, you remind me, I forgot that he threw the three interceptions. I mean, listen, interceptions, you know this, Jay. I mean, how many times did Kirk – well, you remember the Thursday night game in 2014, I think it was? Where, you know, Kirk had just a disaster, or maybe it was 2013. Uh, I think it was 2014. And then, you know, the next year, obviously, takes over full-time as the starter, and that was your decision, and he just grows and grows from there, right? Th- that's part of throwing the football in the NFL. You're going to make mistakes. It's how you rebound, how you how you come back, not only the next game, but the next quarter, the next possession, the next whatever, right? No, that's exactly right. I mean, you're never going to be perfect as a quarterback. You're going to make mistakes, bad throws, have a bad series, have a bad game. You just got to be resilient and bounce back. And That's why the hardest thing to grade when you're looking at young quarterbacks is their mental toughness. Mm-hmm. Do they have mental toughness? Can they bounce back from a sack, a fumble, an interception, a bad game, a bad week, a bad couple weeks? I uh, just got to keep grinding and 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 make players around you better. And that's what CJ is doing. That's what a lot of the great players do. 
Uh, two teams that are very much on the rebound and fighting for their playoff lives and put on you know a heck of a performance last night in Denver, Minnesota, and the Broncos. The Broncos just edging them out. Um, you know Sutton with that great touchdown catch from uh, Russell Wilson uh, there in the back corner of the end zone, but a valiant effort uh, for Minnesota. I mean, if they don't get screwed on a couple of officiating calls or non-calls, maybe they win that game. And Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings are are are, are seven and four. Jay, uh, just a thought on both of those teams and where they're heading and why they've been able to both kind of quite honestly overcome as much adversity as they have. Well, Denver, first of all, Vance Joseph's done an incredible job after giving up that 70. He had a come to Jesus meeting with his team, I think, right. and, and those players responded in a big time way and made some personnel adjustments and some coaching adjustments and they're playing as good a defensive football as anybody. Which is there, I would is there anything thought. structurally you've seen there, Jay? Just uh, n- not to they're, jump jump in on you, but is there anything structurally? Sound, they're playing good sound football. They're mm-hmm. they're attacking offenses. They're blitzing a little bit more. Okay, but they're sound in what they do, and the guys are playing a lot of confidence, and that helps too. You know, you put two, three, four games back to back to back together, then everybody's starting to buy in and, and play harder, and, and they run to the ball faster. They pursue. They do what you have to do to be a good defensive football team. And, and then Russell's not making any mistakes. Right. He's throwing a lot of check downs. He's not doing anything great. But then when he has to make a play, he's making the play. And that's uh, what you were looking for Russell Wilson early on. And then Minnesota, you know, they're, they're battling. And right now they're the seventh seed. And I think they're looking pretty good. They have a one or two game lead as far as that goes. And, and, and I think uh, defensively they're doing a good job as well. Kevin's doing a great job with Dobbs. And, and uh, when they get Justin Jefferson back, I think they should be able to hold on to that seventh seed and see what happens in the playoffs. Um. We uh, somebody brought up uh, Wes Phillips as a potential. I, I don't want to talk about firing coaches, but I mean the reality is, you know that it looks like there's going to be a a change here at at the end. Uh, you had him on your staff, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, yep. <laughs> what do you think he's been a big part of what Minnesota has done with 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 KOC and who obviously you had here as well, or, or do you think that that's more KOC's influence? How how would you kind of evaluate that? Well, I think anytime you're on a staff where the head coach calls the plays or not, if you're the coordinator, you're going to have a lot of input. Mm-hmm. What's going on in the game? You're you're putting a list together. You're putting your play passes together. Your third down, your red zone list together. Whether Kevin uses them or not, or calls them or not, you're still involved in that meeting. And and uh, so yes, he'd be a good candidate. He's smart. He's uh, players all like him. You know, I think every he was our tight end coach for a while, and every tight end he had did a good job for us. Yeah. And, yeah, he's he's a sound coach and would be a good addition if it worked out that way. Jay, uh, if I remember correctly, last year when we asked you this, uh, you uh, said you're not doing any of the Thanksgiving uh, cooking. Is that still the case this year? Like, what do, what, yeah, what are we we're doing? We're going to go golf in the morning. Uh-huh. Let uh, let the people who cook cook, and then we'll come in and eat it. <laughs> the people who cook, <laughs> and of course, you're going to do all the dishes, right? Yeah, I, I do the dishes. Yes, I, I'm not that bad, Chris. <laughs> I mean, Jay, you can come over to my house. I'll cook for you. You want to spend Thanksgiving yeah, you, with I'll me? I bet you have quite the shindig over there, don't you? <laughs> you want to spend Thanksgiving with your pal? Come on, Jay. Yeah, that'd be great. No, I'll be down in Florida. I'll be down in Florida. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Jay. Sure, convenient excuse. Jay, thanks as always. Happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Uh, we'll talk again real soon, okay? You got it. Thanks, Chris. All right. That's Jay Gruden, uh, who uh, does a tremendous job for us. We try and keep it light. We try and keep it fast-paced, what have you, on air and on the road. Jay Gruden is driven by the Ted Britt Automotive Group, Ted Britt Ford in Chantilly and Fairfax. Your F-150 headquarters in Ted Britt Chevrolet in Sterling, all home for Ted Britt for life. Lifetime vehicle coverage. See.
and shop them all at tedbrit.com. All right, when we come back, we'll hear a little bit from Ron Rivera until we get mad, frustrated, and bored, and then we'll get right back to your calls. We're not going to listen to a bunch of the nonsense, quite honestly. We're just not going to. It's a short week, uh, and the Commanders go to Dallas on Thursday. You just heard Jay's thoughts on all of that and much more. Back in a flash right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.